When Judas had gone out, they were at the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, and Judas left. And Jesus said to the others, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. And if God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. Then he said, Little children, I'm with you only a little longer. Like I've said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. So I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. So if you've been around and if you've been paying attention, you know that we have been talking about what it would or could or should or might look like to live on the other side of Easter when we fully embrace the good news of that, which brings us here still so many days after the big day of Easter's resurrection celebration. Again, this is the cornerstone of our faith, this resurrection thing, the joy of which is meant to linger and to last, to motivate us and inspire us always, to move us always to live differently because God's done a new thing with Easter's resurrection to new life. Last week, we shared the good news about having paid off our mortgage and about what that will mean for our capacity to give differently to ministries outside of ourselves through what we're now calling the Building and Outreach Fund. For those of you who weren't here, the short of the long is that because we no longer have a mortgage to pay, we'll be able to transform all those offerings into mission and outreach efforts to do God's work, even more of God's work, out there in the world. Well, because next week is our annual congregational meeting, and because we'll be making our financial commitments to the general fund, along with our offerings of time and talent, I want to talk today about the other side of that same coin— when it comes to our financial stewardship here. And that is the money we give and use for our operational budget at Cross of Grace. Don't start snoring yet. And like I said the first week of this strange kind of sermon series, if you're a guest or if you're new around here, if you've logged on for the first time out there in the World Wide Web, please do not tune out or log off or leave just yet either. I realize this may feel very contextual and unique to our particular ministry at Cross of Grace, like I'm talking shop in a way that may not concern you just yet, if ever. My brother watched last week and said he felt like he was in a council meeting. (laughs) He's never been in a council meeting. (laughs) I believe that if what we're up to in this little corner of God's kingdom, if it's faithful in any way, it would, could, 
should speak to all of us about what God is up to in the world through our ministry. So I want to start by counting our blessings with the very sincere sense of gratitude I hope that you share in some ways. I am grateful for the other side of Easter that we're talking about and how this also feels like we're on the other side of the pandemic. I know it still lingers. I know we just reached a milestone of deaths just in our own country. I know there are still threats of variants and surges and all that that could entail, but I remain grateful for the spirit of patience and understanding and flexibility and willingness to try new things, and mostly for the love of one another that Jesus was talking about in this morning's gospel reading. That's the kind of love it took for us to endure the last couple of years around here. All the masks, all the social distancing, all the online worship, all the canceled or missed ministry opportunities, I mean. I'm grateful for the holy conversations that Gail Beebe, our council president, and our council leaders facilitated that gave us the opportunity to share our dreams and our desires not long ago with one another in honest, open, faithful ways about all of that. I'm grateful for all we learned along the way, too, during those pandemic days about how to do church and worship differently that we offer online worship, not just on Sunday mornings now, but for weddings and for funerals too. And I'm grateful to Stephen Jordan for making that happen so faithfully like he does. Clap for him. I'm grateful for our midweek Lenten Lament worship series that surprised me, honestly, with how deeply meaningful it was for so many of us. I'm grateful for those age-to-age interviews between our Grace Quest kids and some of our older partners in mission around here. Those conversations were fun and faithful and beautiful, and you can still see them if you go to our YouTube page and seek them out. You won't be disappointed. I'm grateful for the four young women who affirmed their faith here last Sunday at Confirmation, Lily and Faith and Sadie and Ginny. I'm grateful for the eight younger people who celebrated their first communion with us on Maundy Thursday, Marlo and Nathan, Brogan, Augie, Jericho, Matthew, Penelope, and Elaine. I'm grateful for the high school seniors who are getting ready to graduate, who've found a home here, Several who've been around long enough now to have celebrated their baptism and their First Communion and their confirmation in our congregation, too. Abby and Maggie and Jackson and Eli and Katie and Ben and Elena and Grace and Elise. I'm grateful for the 14 Stephen ministers we commissioned a couple weeks ago and for those who are prayerfully agreeing to engage that ministry in the days to come. I'm grateful for all the outside groups who call this place home from one week to the next. The softball and baseball teams, the Boy Scout troops, the AA meetings, 4-H clubs, and the hundreds of voters who were here a couple of weeks ago, too. 
I'm grateful for the families who receive food from our pantry month after month after month and for the opportunity that we give to people in our community to serve and to contribute in that way. I'm grateful to be part of a denomination like the ELCA that empowers and ordains women and that as a congregation, we understand the importance of having women preach and teach and lead however and whenever we get the chance. I'm grateful for a church council and for a congregation that compensates their pastor and staff well and generously, honoring the biblical notion that the laborer deserves to be paid. Lots of pastors can't say that about their congregations or their council. I'm grateful to be a pastor from a congregation like this one who gets called to lead discussions on race and diversity and justice and hospitality with leaders and administrators in our local schools. I'm grateful for the conversations I've had with people in our neck of the woods very recently, where I get to surprise them with the good news that they can be LGBTQ or any other letter of the alphabet or any color of that rainbow and be loved and welcomed and celebrated by a pastor and by a people and by a church like this one. All of that to say that all of this is the kind of ministry that our general fund allows us to accomplish in this place. Some of what we can do can be found in other ways and in other places out there in the world, but a lot of what we do, some of the most important stuff we do, and the spirit of grace upon grace with which we do it, is utterly unique in Hancock County. The wide welcome, I mean. The women in ministry, I mean. The open communion table, I mean. And all of it is faithful to what we hear over and over and over again in Scripture. Peter is talking about grace upon grace when he is convincing the others in that Acts reading that there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles or the L's or the B's or the G's or the T's or the Q's or the blacks or the whites or whatever, that all of God's children matter. We try really hard to be like Peter by asking, who are we to hinder the kind of love and grace God is trying to let loose in this world? And Jesus is saying the same when he tells the disciples to love one another the way God has already loved them, without limits, with no strings attached, without condition, in spite of their sins, in the face of whatever's to come for the sake of the whole wide world. See, I know that talking about our commitments to the general fund is not as sexy or as fun on its face as the building fund or even building an outreach fund with all of the percentage that we will give away here or the dollar amounts that we'll be able to share there. I don't have charts or graphs to share with you this week. 
And I'm afraid that when there aren't bricks and mortar to see or to feel, when there aren't mortgages to burn, or when we can't attach a dollar amount to the ministry of love that we share at a funeral service, or to the wide welcome we extend by way of a phone call or a counseling session in my office, or to the public witness of being open and affirming and welcoming to all God's people, I'm afraid that we forget or just don't know about the kind of grace that gets shared around here week after week after week. You can't capture all of that, any of it, really, with a pie chart or an income and expense report. So please consider all of that in the days ahead as you pray about what your general fund commitment will be next Sunday and for the coming year. And please pray, too, about if and where and how you're going to fill out that time and talent sheet for the coming year as well. Cleaning the building isn't sexy either. But if it makes one guest feel welcome and safe enough to come back, it matters. Working in the nursery is a sacrifice. But if it takes care of a child... And if it makes room for a parent to worship in peace and quiet for a change, it is a gift of unfathomable grace. Mowing the lawn, counting the offering, teaching Grace Quest, serving in any way is a chance to have a stake in what we are up to around here, and I pray you will take advantage of it and do something new even this time around. It's all about not hindering what God is up to. It's all about loving one another the way God has already loved you. It's all about loving our neighbors the way we have been so loved ourselves. And it's about sharing grace upon grace upon grace in the name of Jesus, crucified and risen for you, for me, and for the sake of the world that God so loves. Amen.